Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and welcome to Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at a rock spot, and I'm right away, go. We in bitten airwaves. Cool! Yes, yes, yo, welcome back to the show. You're now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome again, I'm sorry, once again, welcome to Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Tell a friend and tell a friend that we're live on the airwaves right now. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot for you in store on tonight's show. Uh, first and foremost, man, I got a special guest coming into the studio around the 845 mark. He goes by the name of Justin Alleman. He is the leader of the Dream Chasers Basketball Academy. We are going to be talking about hoops all night, ladies and gentlemen, because it's only a few days away from NBA tip-off. On top of that, we got to talk about the Derrick Rose rape case. We got to talk about uh, Space Jam 2 and why it should or shouldn't be in theaters or should be made at all. We also got to talk about a little rift happening between Kanye and Jay-Z. But before we get to all of that, you guys already know how I do at the beginning of the show, man. I got some uh, stuff to get off my chest. So on that note, I think it's time to uh, let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Yes, yes. So... Um, yesterday, if you guys caught me, uh, caught my post on Facebook, uh, I had a few things to say about certain things, as I normally do. So, what I want to talk about is, you know, people's taste in music and, you know, how sometimes they can contradict themselves with their taste in music, depending on what artists they like to listen to. So, uh, let me kind of specify a little bit. So, yesterday, um, I was on the internet and I just posted a thought that I had. Uh, in regards to a conversation I had with somebody a long time ago. And I thought about, you know, conversations I've had with other people about the same topic. So basically what I'm trying to say is uh, I've had many people come up to me and say how they don't prefer rap music. Now, I'm not going to bash them for that. Everyone has their taste in music. So I asked them, why don't you like rap music? And then they basically said how it's misogynistic, um, there's too many curse words, and it also it glorifies violence. So I'm like, okay, that's not all rappers, but fine, I get it, to each his own. But then they just go off and say, but Eminem is my favorite rapper. I'm sorry, what? So, hold on. So, you say that you don't like misogynistic lyrics. You say that you don't like lyrics that are too violent. And you don't like curse words in your songs. But Eminem is somehow your favorite rapper. Well, I'm going to have to sip some tea to that real quick. Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me, pardon me. Um, yeah, anyway, so I, I'm saying to myself, okay, well, first and foremost, let me just say this. Eminem is one of the greatest rappers of all time. There's no question about that. He's arguably the greatest rapper of the 2000s decade. So I'm not even going to take away anything for Eminem. But with that logic in mind, you can't say that you hate offensive lyrics that, um, that talk about you know, disrespecting women that talk about, you know, just having curse words in general, et cetera, et cetera. But then say someone like Eminem is your favorite rapper when he's been doing all those things and then some throughout his entire career. I mean, his album cover for, I think it was the Marshall Mathers LP or some shady LP, one of those two, he was sitting by the docks with a body in the trunk, hanging from the trunk. And it was supposed to be, you know, a metaphor of his mother whom he has dissed on multiple songs. And he has said some of the most obscene things that you can ever say in a song in general. He has been questioned many times by the LGBT community about his lyrics in regards to the gay community. He said a lot of things that have been, you know, seen as sexually slandering somebody, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, this isn't some sort of hate campaign towards Eminem. But you can't come to me and say that you hate those things and then some, but then say Eminem is your favorite rapper. That's like me saying... You know, I hate the fast food industry and everything that it stands for and the type of process that they use to make their food and the money they make, but I sure can't get enough of those McDonald's fries. Or better yet, you, you know, you can't say something like, I hate the modeling industry. You know, it sets these 
unrealistic expectations on women and how their bodies are supposed to look. But I sure love me some Tyra Banks, you know. She slays it every time on the runway. Or better yet, you can't be like, I hate black people. They always listen to hip-hop music and talk about basketball. But I sure love DM Cool on Cool Radio. Like, you can't have it both ways. You got to have one or the other. So me personally, I'm only asking for consistency. Just be consistent. Because if you're saying one thing, but then what you're trying to paint depicts otherwise, then that makes you a hypocrite. Now, me personally, if you, you know, catch yourself slipping, you know, hypocritically every now and again, fine. You know, we all do that every now and again. But if you're habitually hypocritical, we can't talk. I'm sorry. So, like, you just got to be consistent with what you're trying to say. Now, if somebody was trying to tell me that they didn't like all those things about hip-hop, but then they say they prefer somebody like Talib Kweli or Lupe Fiasco, Will Smith back in the day, or Rakim because he actually never cursed any of his songs, then I can say, okay, I see where you're coming from. But you can't just tell me that you don't like any of those things, but then you say that you love Eminem. Like, come on now. Like, this, we don't believe you need more people is all I'm trying to say. Uh, but... Everyone out there in the world of social media, do you guys agree with me? Do you disagree? Let me know on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. And I will post this clip later on on YouTube for everyone else to discuss on it. But we have other things to discuss too, uh, later on tonight's show. In fact, at the 845 mark, I got my man Justin Alleman, uh of the Dream Chasers Basketball Academy coming to discuss basketball and then everything in between. But before we get to all that, man, I got to get to some Canadian content as per the usual. Uh, this one is by way of Brampton native Tory Lanes, and this one is called Blow. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop Like us on Facebook Yes, yes, y'all, welcome back to the show You're now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca It is your man DM Cool And welcome back to Cool Radio Now, as promised, we do have our guest of the evening And like I said at the opening of the show It is all about ball tonight, ladies and gents So my next guest, he is a basketball coach He's also a former basketball player as well He has traveled all over the world From Australia to America And then back again And he decided to come back Because he wanted to give back to the nation that made him fall in love with the sport in the first place and i feel like i am a member of his family because i've had already three members of his family on my show in past episodes and all i'm asking for is a plate at the next cookout in the summertime ladies and gentlemen i have justin allman of dream chasers basketball academy in the building justin what up man how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Appreciate being on the show. It's my first time. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I feel like I've been here before. Of it's course. my main man. Definitely. Know my whole family. And uh, now you know me. Of course, of course. And we're going to get the audience a chance to get to know you a bit more during this interview process, man. So with that being said, let's start talking about ball. Let's do it. Ball is life. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, man. So what started your love for basketball? We got to know. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I was born... And raised in Ottawa, Ontario. I mm-hmm. used to play hockey. That was my first sport. Okay. Um, I moved to Toronto, mm-hmm. actually Scarborough area, when I was in grade four. Mm-hmm. And that's where my love for basketball blossomed. I, I moved to Scarborough and nobody played hockey. Mm-hmm. Everybody was balling. Yeah. No matter the weather, no matter the conditions, no matter the shoes, no matter what they had on, it was all about basketball. And I, I kind of picked it up from there. And from then on, I just ran with it, fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And currently you're stationed in Mississauga right now, correct? Uh, or kind of in say, between. I'm say I'm in Mississauga, but mm-hmm. we have locations all over the place. We're in Brampton as well. Mm-hmm. The entire Peel region, we're branching out to Toronto, so mainly the GTA. And I travel too, right? So mm-hmm. I'm everywhere. Okay, then. What I noticed about Mississauga in particular is that the basketball culture over there is very strong, and I also feel like bas- or like Mississauga, they're kind of like the sleeping giants of the GTA when it comes to basketball Definitely. because people always talk about Scarborough or like East End Toronto or anything of the sort. Any, anything of the sort that revolves around Toronto specifically. So what is it about Mississauga, in your opinion, that kind of gives it their uh, chip on the shoulder, so to speak? Well, with Mississauga, like you talked about, we're a close-knit community, but basketball has always been big in Toronto and, and Scarborough and these surrounding areas because these areas are a lot, they're a lot older than Mississauga is. Mm-hmm. I don't mean as a city. I just mean in, the ter- in, a, in a way in such as Mississauga is just now on the come up. We had a lot mm-hmm. of players who would come out of Mississauga, but they they went under the radar because mm-hmm. of the schools they went to, myself being one of them. Mm-hmm. But in this new age where everybody now is able to go to prep schools and able to 
you know, get more exposure. And now we're starting to see a whole bunch more Mississauga kids mm -hmm. be shown the respect that they deserve because we always had a talent. It was just about getting out there and putting it out there, right? Most of the basketball that was happening in Toronto or Canada mm -hmm. was in Toronto, right? So if you live in Toronto or you live in Scarborough and all the basketball showcases and everything that happens basketball-wise going on in Toronto, mm -hmm. you're more likely to get that look. You're more likely to get that call and you're more likely to get noticed more, more than a kid who has to come all the way from Mississauga mm -hmm. when transportation or other things are a problem, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So now that we have a lot of stuff coming to Mississauga and Brampton, the whole Peel region, mm -hmm. in, in, uh, in terms of showcasing that, um, most people are getting noticed now with the Brampton guys, uh, Anthony Bennett, mm -hmm. you know, Tristan Thompson. Mm -hmm. We got Andrew Nicholson from Mississauga, yeah, Nick Tyler Stauskas, Ennis. Tyler Ennis. Mm -hmm. All these guys are coming, right? Mm -hmm. So it was only a matter of time before we got discovered, and now that we're here, mm -hmm. we ain't leaving. Absolutely. So like with, like, with like, this boom of like – I call it, I kind of call it the Canada basketball renaissance in a sense because I feel like all these kids well, I can't even call them kids but all these young guys coming up basically they're kind of like the Adam child of like a Vince Carter basically because in a sense that he kind of started that boom with like a lot of these kids you know growing up watching him when they were like five six seven years old or maybe eleven and twelve years old For sure so do you feel like these guys are like the future of Canadian basketball like do you think they can take the Canadian men's basketball program to the next step uh, as far as international competition is concerned? I definitely think that they're the next uh, generation, the next step for us to, to go somewhere and actually, you know, take Canada to the promised land where we, we believe that we should be. Mm -hmm. USA basketball has done a fine job, obviously, over the years and mm -hmm. decades and decades of being good. Mm -hmm. um, we finally have the NBA talent coming. And, of course, Vince Carter had a, a huge part to do with that. Mm -hmm. I was one of the kids who looked up to him when I was younger. So As I, remember, I. <laughs> I remember going to, to the Raptors game and seeing Vince Carter and, and just believing mm -hmm. and seeing firsthand um, a position that I want to be in mm -hmm. when I was his age or when I got older, right? Mm -hmm. So, but with a lot of younger kids now these age, they don't even know Vince Carter, right? Mm -hmm. I'm talking to a lot of kids who barely even know Kobe. Yeah, you know, they only know these new ki these not kids, yeah. but they only new know guys. these new guys, yeah, like yeah. LeBron and KD and Curry. Yeah, you know, so it's but when they hear Tristan Thompson and Tyler Ennis and Anthony Bennett, these are the guys that they're gonna remember from mm -hmm. Toronto opposed to Vince Carter only because he's been here so long ago. Yeah. We're talking the 2000 was 16 years ago now. Mm -hmm. Some of these kids aren't even 16, exactly. right? They're only 11. They weren't even born when yeah. when all that happened and all that went down. So mm -hmm. it's going to be good, but um you know, we still got a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. Um obviously we didn't qualify this year for for the Olympics, but um I'm hoping the next one around, mm -hmm. you know, 4 years from now we'll, we'll definitely be able to create strides and get to where we need to be. Because mm -hmm. we definitely have the talent. Absolutely. Doesn't it make you feel like an old head when when they say they don't remember who Vince Carter is? <laughs> Man, it definitely makes me feel like an old head. And and the game has changed, right? It's continuously changing year after year, right? Mm -hmm. So when I see these kids, even when I look at them, because I train a lot of kids. Yeah. And they, I ask them what year they're born. And they tell me 2007. I'm yeah. Like, oh, God, you born in 2007? Oh, oh my. I graduated from high school in I know, right? You yeah. talking about your board. Jeez. You know what I was doing in 2007? <laughs> No Man, idea. Went through puberty back in those nope. days. <laughs> Everything. So mm -hmm. it kind of does make me feel old, but at the same time, I, I've been there, right? I've yeah. been that little kid who's looking up to those other guys and thinking, "Man, this guy's old." But yeah. really, he's like 10, 10, 12 years older than me. But exactly to them, that's a huge difference, right? Mm -hmm. So um, later, or not, or earlier in years, I should say, like when went to went to the collegiate level, actually, uh, you actually played basketball in New York. Yeah. Um, so the I would say the level of talent in New York is it comparable to that of the Toronto because we're always considering New York to be the mecca of basketball, basically. So, like, uh, how can you how how you know in your in your opinion can you measure the two basically? Like, what is it like in your opinion? New York, New York. Well, my experience there was great, but mm -hmm. um, in terms of measuring the two, I don't I don't think Toronto or New York are too different. You know, we're, we're very close and we're very similar. Mm -hmm. What I think, though, is the difference between Canadian kids and American kids is they're a lot more hungry. Mm -hmm. I feel like the kids in New York City are playing because they feel like this is their way out. Mm -hmm. More so us playing over here thinking, ah, I kind of like basketball. Mm -hmm. And if I don't make the NBA, then I'll just be a doctor. Yeah. Over there, it's like, I love basketball. Yeah. And if I don't make the NBA, I'm on the street. Yeah, it's you know all or I mean? nothing. Basically. It's all or nothing for them. Mm -hmm. It's go to the NBA or die trying, basically. Mm -hmm. The same type of thing that you heard 50 Cent say. That's yeah. the mentality with everything. Mm -hmm. And that's why they do well in sports and entertainment mm -hmm. and anything that you can think of mm -hmm. when it comes to entertaining. They're, they're there because they put all in. Yeah. Right? We have more options. We come from 
you know, we so, come from So I guess Canada we come from we privilege. Better, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We come from more privilege than they do. Mm-hmm. So, but in terms of talent wise, we're right up there with them, if mm-hmm. not better, because we have, I like to compare Toronto to the entire United States. We have so many players who've come out of one central area mm-hmm. opposed to them having, obviously they have more uh, guys in the NBA, but they're all coming from different, Different, different areas, areas yeah. where all our guys come from the same area. So if you yeah. really skim it down and see who has the better talent coming out from where, it should be us, right? Yeah. And you know what I've noticed as well is just like a random fact. There haven't really been a lot of big-name players to come out of New York in a while, or a lot of big prospects at least. Like, the last person I can think of was Sebastian Telfair, and that's like mid to later 2000s. Beyond uh, that— No, well, they had Lance Stevenson. Oh, oh, yeah, Lance he's from Stevenson Brooklyn, right? Big. Brooklyn, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. He, he, he kind of fell off a little bit, though, after Indiana, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened to him. But yeah. He, he's on to come up again, hopefully. He's had a good offseason, so mm-hmm. I've been watching him on Instagram and all that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, hopefully he he gets his mind right, basically. Uh, but nonetheless, you got your mind right once you decided to make the move back home, actually. Uh, you played, you um, were on a full scholarship uh, at, at um, uh, Memorial University in, uh, what was it, Newfoundland? Yeah. Um, so... A lot of players in your position, they would mostly take the opportunity to stay in the United States to gain more exposure or get the potential to do that at least. What made you come back home? Honestly speaking, I started to think about life after basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just me because everybody's initial dream when you play basketball is to go to the NBA. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that wasn't mine because that would be a lie. Mm -hmm. That was my my dream. Mm -hmm. And still to this day, it's still my dream. But I started thinking that there's different ways to accomplish different dreams, right? Mm-hmm. When now when I think my I want to go to the NBA, it's not necessarily to play. Mm-hmm. It's to get on that level where I could gain as much exposure, you know, to be at the highest of my profession mm-hmm. and then be able to give back to who I want to go to. So if I went to the NBA now, it would be doing player development or coaching or that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's still a goal of mine. I still made it to the NBA. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I decided to come back to Memorial because I knew they had an accredited business program. Mm-hmm. I did my research on them. They offered me a full scholarship. And I started to think about myself for once in my life. And I wanted <laughs> to be selfish and say, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to go after this because this is what I want. I got to think about life after basketball and what's going to help me set myself up to be successful in the, in the future. Mm-hmm. How could I touch as many people as possible and how am I going to be able to give back? Mm-hmm. And the school I was at before that, it's a great school, but it was a JUCO. It was a junior college, a two-year program, yeah. and didn't really have what I wanted. I thought I wanted to go into the hotel, mm-hmm. uh, hospitality industry, mm-hmm. but um, obviously I found my love here doing business and giving back to the youth and our community all over the mm-hmm. world. Yeah, and so with that love, basically, that's how, you know, Dream Chasers came about, basically. Um, so what made you want to give back uh, at that capacity with Dream Chasers? Um, honestly speaking, it was me being tired of being an underdog, be, me being tired of being treated differently mm-hmm. and not being granted the same opportunities as everybody else. So what I did is I was tired of, I was tired of the lack of coaching, mm-hmm. I was tired of no coaching, and I was tired of bad training, mm-hmm. you know? And I always felt that I was just as talented as any other kid out there. But mm-hmm. a kid coming from where I came from, which not a lot of people know, is I'm, I, I wasn't one of the most privileged kids. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of struggles in my life, mm-hmm. and I didn't always have the money to be able to play on the rep teams or you know play on or play on any team mm-hmm. for that matter. I actually never played rep in my life until my grade 12 year. One okay. year of rep, I wasn't even on my high school team until my until my grade 12 year, and I ended up landing a scholarship and doing all these things. So mm-hmm. for me, it was like. I want to find those kids who everybody gave up on yeah. and try to help them out because when I really think about it, that's who needs it the most, mm-hmm. right? Because there's so much more to life than just basketball, and that's what Dream Chase is about. It's not just basketball. I chose that name Dream Chase for a reason mm-hmm. because it's whatever you want to do in your life, right? Whether that, If you want to be a baseball player mm-hmm. and somehow I can help you out, I'll help you out. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a lawyer and somehow I can help you out, I'll help you out. You know, because like I said, we don't just do basketball. We do mentorships. We go in, we talk, we do everything that's possible in our power to mm-hmm. help you get to where you need to be. So it was a huge thing for me and a huge deal. And this is just one of the reasons why I decided that I wanted to start this company and kind of give back to my community. But then it just kind of blew up when I, I went overseas. Mm-hmm. I got to give that a cool shot, man. That's you, you, you were preaching some mad knowledge right there, man. Um, it, it's very it's very rare that you know somebody in your position would basically just want to kind of like put a pause to like their own personal dream as far as like you know making it to the league or whatever the case may be and just kind of 
taking a step back and saying, you know what, let me give back to the people who are in my position in the past so that yeah. I can at least, you know, fulfill or enrich their lives to some capacity, basically. So it's a very selfless act on your part. And I got nothing but respect for it, man. Thank um, you, but yeah, yeah, no worries, man. But we're going to get into a whole lot more of that later on. But before we do that, man, over here at Cool Radio, we like to play some games, man. We definitely like to play some games. I don't know if uh, Mr. KOA told you that we like to play some games, but uh, we do. So we got two games up for you. So first game on the deck, uh, this game I like to call Cool or Uncool. So we're going to play this job just like this. Let me just take this jacket off. Yeah, you know, warm up, That's right? Cool. Take off the warm ups. Yeah. <laughs> so while you're doing that, you know, in the background, we got my man uh, Diggable Plants uh, with uh, Cool Like That from uh, 1995, I believe. Anyways. Here's how the game goes. I'm going to give you a scenario, uh -huh. and you're going to tell me whether it's cool or it's uncool. And feel free to provide some context as to why you think it's cool or uncool. For sure. All right. So on that note, here we go. So first topic, um, the LA Sparks beating the Minnesota Lynx in the finals on a last-second jumper. Cool or uncool? Very, very cool. Did you see the highlights by any chance? I did. I okay. watched the game, actually. I'm okay. an L.A. guy. Okay. Not only the Lakers, but the Sparks. And while I was there, one of my goals this year, actually, was to watch the Sparks play. Uh -huh. I wanted to go watch the Sparks versus the Liberty. Okay. Obviously, going for the Sparks. Candace yeah. Parker. Yeah. It's not my favorite. Yeah. Maya Moore is my favorite. Okay. And I actually met her in New York City while I was there, too. Okay. So it was kind of a heartbreaker, but yeah. at the same time, bit I really wanted... Bit of a conflict of interest. <laughs> I really wanted L.A. to win, but yeah. I wanted Maya Moore to win just because of who she is. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm riding for L.A. I want more to win only because I'm not an L.A. guy, man. It's not like L.A. the city. It's just the Lakers organization. It's They have this very fraternity type of mindset where if you kind of like, if you don't agree with them or if you have some critical opinions about them, then like they're quick to lash out. They're like, oh, you're this or you're that. Or it's almost like you can't have a negative opinion on the Lakers. It, it just, it irks my soul a little bit. Hey, listen, man. Greatness has standards. <laughs> Greatness has it. standards. So how All much are they say. paying you? <laughs> they they ain't, listen, they ain't gonna pay me nothing. I'll work for free. Did they give I'll you a did free. they give you a charitable donation to uh Dream Chasers Inc.? Is that what happened? Hey, listen, <laughs> if this is gonna help them do it, then I'm all for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> all right, let's keep it moving. Um so Dwayne Wade going to the Chicago Bulls, cool or uncool? Uh yeah. That's a tough one. You know what? I liked him on Miami. He's had a wonderful career there. I have nothing but respect for Dwayne Wade. Yeah. And I agree. I have to say it's cool. It's okay. cool because, you know what? He did. He put his all into Miami. He did. So there's nothing you can knock him for. They weren't paying him the money that he deserved yeah. after doing what he'd done. He's been taking pay cuts. Exactly. Pay the man. Yes. Pay the man what he deserves. Yes. And now he left. I so agree. I, it's cool. It's cool, Dwayne Wade. We forgive you. We we still love you. We we more than forgive him. I think he he more than did his part because he's never had a max contract before exactly. in his entire career. Exactly. And I think, in my opinion, like I know business is business, but Pat Riley kind of did it dirty because did. the payoff was that you were supposed to give him a con a lucrative contract that would you know kind of fulfill his duties or it's basically their way of saying you know what Thank we respect all the things that you done for us. Here's a little something on the side, kind of like what the Lakers did for Kobe, the forty eight million dollar deal. Wait. Kobe deserves all that. Money. He did. He did. He did. As much as I, I criticize Kobe from time to time, he did deserve that, basically, of what he's done them throughout their career. And they weren't going to playoffs anytime soon, so I understand that. And same thing for the Heat. They weren't really going to make the playoffs next year anyway, so you may as well just kind of give them that pay, that big pay rather than give it to Hassan Whiteside, who True. shouldn't even be getting the money that a cornerstone piece would be getting. Well, that's another topic for another day, though. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you go on that one. Yeah. He played pretty good last year, he, but he's no Dwayne Wade. Let's that's be honest. What, and that's let's what I'm honest. trying to say. And that's what I'm trying to say. And don't even let me get started with Bosch because they kind of did him a little dirty, yeah, too. Of course they did. With, with, even with the whole blood clot situation. Yeah. I mean, they just kind of gave up on him. Yeah. But anyways, let's keep moving, man. Um, DeMarcus Cousins still being on the Kings. Cool or uncool? That's cool. Really? That's cool. I like DeMarcus Cousins. I like him on the Kings. I, I really don't see any other team he could fit on with his personality. True, I know. So, his and I feel like him and Rondo really click only because they're both the same type, right? the same type of guy. You yeah. know what I mean? So, who's really gonna deal with him? I'd love for him to be on the Lakers. But. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, 
Yeah, he, I think he just needs to go, man. Like, I'm not a fan of, of, of his personality either, but, like, the type of skill set that he has and the fact that he's never made it to playoffs, especially when he's been in the league for seven years now. Already? Yeah, I know. So where would he go then? Where would you put him? I, that's the thing. I don't know. But there's so many people who would look past his personality, just look at the stats and be like, you know what? We can find a home for you somewhere, man. Let's just put you yeah, with – On paper. This, on paper, yes. Of course. On paper. But, like – there's been worst cases. I mean, look at Ron Artest, look at Allen Iverson. Like, yeah, but they been... still didn't even have to. Whoa, whoa! Allen Iverson was not the head case that Demarcus Cousins is. And you know what? Iverson is Iverson, right? He yeah. carries the team on his back, and he brought he brings his team to playoffs. Demarcus Cousins not doing that. Yeah, but look at what he's had to deal with. He's had to deal with like at least what five or six different head coaches almost every year. It's been a revolving carousel, and then the management doesn't even know what type of players to put around him. Like they draft a big man one year, and they draft a big man another year. So it's like, what are you really? But trying isn't to do? that partly his fault? Why doesn't the coach want to stay? As bad as Iverson was, yeah. or people say he was, Larry Brown still stuck by him. He did, but okay, but we're talking about Larry Brown. Though. And Larry all Brown's coaches actually stuck by Iverson. All the coaches he had in, in life yeah. throughout his career, they still love him. And, and that's true because of what he brought to the table. Not to say that Marcus Cousins didn't bring anything to the table, but at the same time, it's like I get – it sounds like I'm defending him right now because I've never really defended him before. But also, but, Iverson's character too, right? Yeah. His character. People love that he, he just goes out there and puts it all on the floor. Can we say that about DeMarcus Cousins? We know he puts him in the numbers, but – yeah. Is he putting it all out on the floor? But I think that deals with the frustration that he has with management, though. Because if you have frustration with management, then sometimes that also spills onto the court. Whether that's the right or wrong thing, we can't really judge on that. It's just a human thing. Like, if you're not happy with where you work, then sometimes it's going to show on your face and it's going to be very visible. Yeah, but for 82 games? How? Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, I'm, man. Yeah, I, I, I ask anyone to try playing in Sacramento, man. I'm sure they would be miserable. <laughs> Listen, we there, there was Mike Bibby, Chris Webber. Pages, they used to have a pretty good system. But that was a different going management, on over though. There. That was a different management, though. That was the Maloof brothers who were managing it yeah. at the time. Right now, it's Vladi Divac, ironically enough. And he doesn't even know how to put the pieces together either. That's true. I'll give you that. Yeah. But anyways, the game is done now. <laughs> I have <laughs> so many more questions to get to, but we'll leave that for another time. Because the second game that we have for you is a mainstay on this network. And I like to call it, I'd quit the game. Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it. Well, you may have to when I give you the scenario because, my friend, you are living the bachelor life where you are wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, jet flying, limousine riding, all that fun stuff. Why would I quit that? <laughs> because there comes a time in every man and woman's life where they've got to quit the game. they got to settle down, have the kids, you Hugh, know. Hugh Hefner? Yeah. Yeah, but he, he's a brand, though. Like, his brand involves him being single. So he kind of signed that dotted line. But nonetheless, you know, you have to settle down with the white picket fence, with the, the tire swing, apple pie cool on the windowsill, and all that stuff. True. So if you had to quit the game for one of these two women that I have handpicked, who would you quit the game for? Would you quit the game for Rosario Dawson, or would you quit the game for Scarlett Johansson? Oh, Scarlet. Really? Scarlet all the way. Why Scarlet? I'm curious. You know, I always had a crush on Scarlet. Okay. I just something about her lips. I just love them. Is it or is it that one piece suit that she always wears in the Avengers? Is it that it as well? It could be that one too. <laughs> it could be the one piece. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, okay. It could be that one piece. But no, Scarlet, she's very classy. Mm-hmm. You know, she's always she always seems to play the same role. Mm-hmm. And she just just honestly very, very pretty. So All right then. I'm not mad at Scarlett that. Scarlet Johansson, if you're listening. I'll quit the game for you. All right, then. We got it from the man himself. Let me give that a cool drop real quick. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we still got my man Justin Oliman of Dream Chasers Basketball uh, Inc. in studio right now. But before we get to more with him, uh, we have to play some more music. And afterwards, we will get to Chip Talk. So uh, this one comes by way of Chance the Rapper. And this one is called No Problem. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop Like us on Facebook Yes, yes, yo Welcome back to the show Once again, you're now Tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca It is your man DM Cool And welcome back to Cool Radio I still got my man Justin Alleman Of the Dream Chasers Basketball um, Academy In the building Say what's up to the people How you guys doing? How you guys doing? Yes, yes And you already know what time it is Ladies and gentlemen It is time for Trip Talk Three topics of three minutes, and with that being said, uh, here we go. So, first topic on the list, man. We got to talk about New York Knicks point guard Derrick Rose. That still sounds kind of weird to say now. Uh, But nonetheless, he is in the news because this week, you know, he was battling uh, a civil case that involved rape charges. But later this week, he was found... 
Um, actually, it wasn't a matter of it, him being found guilty or not guilty. The, the charges were dismissed, basically. He was cleared on all charges this week. And uh, basically, it came to a decision uh, for all of his uh, jurors to come within three hours of deliberation, basically. Uh, so basically, these are the tweets that followed. Uh, Rose kept his eyes down and hugged attorney after the verdict was read. The accuser kept her head buried in her hands in a prayer position. Also, uh, basically... Uh, the people who were involved in it, Rose, Hampton, and Allen, were accused by the 30-year-old woman who was identified as Jane Doe, uh, who said the trio broke into her apartment, drugged her, and raped her, according to the white Broncos, Daniel Worley. At the time the lawsuit was filed, Jane Doe sought out $21.5 million in damages. Rose and his co-defendants maintained that the sex was consensual, and on Wednesday, uh, the day that the... Uh, verdict was announced the athletics john greenberg caught up with the two jurors who provided their take on the outcome and this is what they said uh per john greenberg we talked to two jurors they didn't find jane doe credible and didn't feel there was enough evidence to support the claim and oddly enough i kind of found this a little bit odd but afterwards um once a verdict was done uh rose took a picture with his lawyer but then other members of the jury took pictures with them as well in a photo op which is a little, it was a little off, you know. Yeah. It was separate time and separate place for something like that, especially for a case of this magnitude. I, I would understand if it was usually, if he was trying to beat like a, a speeding ticket or something like that. But exactly. we're talking about a rape case. You may want to like put that to the side, you know, leave that for no cameras to pick that up. But nonetheless, um, as far as this entire trial goes, uh, Justin, what's your take on it? He's innocent. <laughs> He's definitely innocent. I mean, this is to me, it's a common case of. Being who you are and um, mm-hmm. somebody trying to take advantage because yeah. they know that they have the opportunity to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen something similar to this Derrick Rose case with the Kobe Bryant rape case. Yeah. Shout out my man Kobe. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we definitely seen this before. Yeah. Uh, and, and he was obviously found innocent as well. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it was the same similar situation where, you know, somebody seen Derrick Rose targeted him. Mm-hmm. Although I heard it was his girlfriend or his ex-girlfriend at the time or whatever yeah, it is. that's what I'm hearing Targeted well, him and said, you know what, I can make a few dollars. Let me go ahead and try because I don't see how if this is his ex-girlfriend or a girlfriend at the time, yeah. why is he barging into your house with a couple other guys? It exactly. doesn't make any sense. And drugging you and then partaking in the actions that you said that he did. Yeah. To me, it doesn't add up. And I just I feel like he's innocent 100 percent. So exactly. Thankfully, he was found innocent. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not the judge. So, yeah, I wasn't in the room. Mm-hmm. Justice was prevailed in his case but yeah. if something else was happening then uh, you know exactly I, he and, got the last word and sometimes there are times where during the whole proceedings of, of this of this whole case I found Derek Rose's um, behavior to be a bit questionable at times with some of the things that he said about the case um, and Rose isn't one for words, really, because yeah, like yeah. you, you go back to his press conference uh, last year uh, before the season started, where he was talking about how excited he was for free agency the next two years, even though he's still on his ninety-four million dollar contract at the time with the Chicago Bulls, talking about how he can't wait to go explore his options or how he wants to be able to walk his kid to school. You know, that's why he's not. Um, that's why he doesn't want to be as explosive as he used to. And I get it. You're coming off of three ACL surgeries or what have you. But again, some of his comments have been questionable in general in, in terms of the media. And then is in, in this case, you know, dealing with the whole rape trial, um, it's been questionable at times as well, which almost made me question, like, did you actually do it? Or like, are you somewhat responsible for this? So I feel like Rose, you know, when it comes to the media, I feel like he needs to be trained a bit better so that he doesn't say stuff that may incriminate him, yeah, whether he's yeah. naive to the situation or not. Um, overall, you know, I'm just happy at the fact that he can kind of move from this and focus on his career going forward. And, you know, it almost makes me wonder, you know, you have to watch the company that you keep exactly. if you are at a high profile. Because you look at Dwayne Wade, for example, and his ex-wife, you know, has gone above and beyond to slander him, even going as, so far as to go, um, carrying like a picket sign saying Dwayne Wade doesn't take care of his kids. And she actually did that with a friend of hers one time. Yeah. And I'm asking myself, you're saying he doesn't take care of his kids, 
but where are you right now and where are your kids? Right? Why aren't you taking care of them exactly. right now? Unless if they're in school. But even then, why are you going to parade around like a poppy show talking about how <laughs> Dwayne Wade is to take care of his kids when he's been well documented on you know being a father to, what, two or three of his children? I don't know yep. how many kids he has, but he has multiple children. And he talks about the importance of fatherhood. I think he wrote his, a book on that too. I think he did. I think he did. I think I, I remember posting up. I'm not sure if it was on the cover or in like a two page spread, but he was wearing a hoodie with his children as well, you know, to kind of do a little memorial for Trayvon Martin, yep, basically. Yep. Now, talking about how important it is for a father to be in their son's lives, basically, yep. especially in this day and age. So, you know, going back to Derrick Rose, you know, I feel like it's important that he keeps himself surrounded in the right company. Just so he can, you know, propel his career forward because now he's in the rebuilding stage of his career. He's playing for a contract. He's, he's still trying to prove that he's one of the at least one of the top ten point guards in the league. You know, he may have peaked a little too early, but he's still trying to prove that he can still play at an elite level and be a contributing piece to a contender. So now that this case is out of the way, I hope he can focus on that. Like you said, um, a whole there's a whole bunch of things that go on in life, but definitely picking who your friends are is mm-hmm. very detrimental to your career. Mm-hmm. And, and, and your life in general, right? Because the wrong people can put you in the wrong situation. And just like that, life mm-hmm. slips away from you. Exactly. So especially like you said, if you're, in a, if you're a high-profile guy, you got to watch where you go, watch mm-hmm. what you're saying, and watch who you're with. Yep. Right? So him being in that spotlight, and I, I get it. You know, it's Derrick Rose. A lot of these guys, I'm not saying they're stupid or whatever, but they, didn't, they don't finish college. They're mm-hmm. still young guys, right? Yeah. If they don't get the training to talk to media and all these mm-hmm. different outlets, it's – they're still kids in their head, right? They're exactly. still kids. They, they're, they're growing up in front of the media. So mm-hmm. all these things, it's going to take time, right? So mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, stay out of the media as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you're in your rebuilding stages. Just just focus on basketball. Exactly. Focus on basketball. Exactly. And I think Nas said it best in 1996. Watch them dudes that be close to you and make sure you do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> and on that note, let's get on to another story. So this one comes by way of uh, Raptors power forward Patrick Patterson. Uh, now, for many people who don't know, he is a very big uh, music buff, or not music buff, well, that too, but more so in the movies as well. Mm-hmm. And there's all there's been all this chatter about Space Jam 2 uh, being in the works with LeBron James uh, reprising the role of MJ and what have you. And basically, Patterson is one of those people who was against the notion of Space Jam being remade into a sequel altogether. Uh, and he said this in the Players' Tribune, and I quote... To make a sequel to Space Jam would be like trying to paint the Mona Lisa again. Sure, you can probably do it, but why the hell would you want to? With a lot of the remakes and sequels that have already come out, I think movie studios believe that they can capture the same magic that made audiences love the originals. Either that or the first one sucked but made a lot of money anyway, so they decided to make another one. Um, And then he later goes on to say, I know this thing would make money. Kids dig bright fluorescent colors and characters that act silly. It'll crush $200 million easily. Some things are bigger than money, though. Some things are sacred. I think the rich legacy of Space Jam is one of those things. What a tragedy it would be if even one kid was deterred from watching the original Space Jam because Space Jam 2 was just horrible. We simply can't let that happen. We, we were welcomed to the Space Jam once. Why can't that be enough? Um, Justin, what are your thoughts on that? Completely, 100% uh-huh. agree with uh, Patrick Patterson. Okay. I'm in love with the original Space Jam. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. There's never going to be another Space Jam. Yeah. Never, ever. It's like Toy Story. You should never, ever yeah. touch those movies. Toy Story, Lion King. Yeah. You know, it's, it's Space Jam. Timeless classics. You know what I mean? Who's going to play the parts in these Space Jams? I heard rumors that it was going to be LeBron James. Yeah. He's great and all. Yeah. But he's no Michael Jordan. <laughs> and with this Space Jam, only more comparisons are going to dwell off of this. Exactly. Why do we need that? Yeah. We don't. Space Jam is what it was because of who was in it. Yeah. Because of the characters who were in it. Because mm-hmm. of what it meant to game of basketball back then. Yeah. You know? So I absolutely dis- uh, Sorry, I absolutely agree with Patrick Patterson. We yeah. don't need another Space Jam. Yeah. If you really want to watch it, you watch the original or yeah. watch some other basketball movie. But you ain't going to make another Space Jam. Let's leave it at that. MJ, you hit the nail with it. And we're just rocking with you. All right, then. Fair enough. Uh, where I stand on this, um, I can see it from both sides. Like, I can see people wanting um, a sequel to it because they want it, They want their own version for this generation. And, like, I can understand 
casting LeBron as you know the MJ in this movie, so to speak, because he is the best player of this current generation, and he does have the personality to kind of go on screen and you know prove his chops because it's not the first time he's been on film. He was in Trainwreck, and then he's also hosted Saturday Night Live a couple of times. Yeah. So he does have the personality to shine on camera, and he has a squeaky clean image as far as you know his reputation overall. The most outrageous thing he's done is the decision, basically. So we don't have to worry about that type of profile. But on the flip side, I can understand why people don't want to see it because, again, it's a timeless classic. And then if you think about 1996 to 2016 – the Looney Tunes in particular, they're not relevant to the exactly. kids of this generation. So it wouldn't stick. Maybe if you had a cartoon figure that was relevant to this generation, it could possibly work. But a six-year-old kid may or may not know who Bugs Bunny is. Exactly. Now, mind you, that character was invented way back in like 1930-something, and it carried on over the next 30 years after that. But another 20 more years into that, basically, it's just like are kids really going to know who this character is? Like They may know it because of their bigger brother or sister or maybe their parents, but... Again, is it really going to connect? And then the type of CG that they're going to use. I mean, I'm sure advances have been made from 96 to 2016, but is it really going to have that same feeling? And then if that's the case, what's the premise of the story going to be? Are they just going to do a rehash of what happened from Space Mountain up until now, basically? So they got to be smart about it. I mean, I can see a few guys, you know, being the monsters and what have you, if they're going to go that same route. Because I did write an article about this a couple years back. Like, I could probably see someone like Isaiah Thomas being, you know, one of the monsters if they go that route, for uh -huh, example. Uh -huh. But overall, it's like, how are you going to structure this story, basically? So that's why I can understand why people may be apprehensive about it. Kill the story. Forget <laughs> about the movie. We uh -huh. have a classic. Let's just run with it. I mean, I understand, like I said before. Yeah. You know, Kids of this generation want somebody, but just make a whole new movie. Don't touch something that's not broken. Yeah, don't, exactly. Don't go if it there. ain't broke, don't fix exactly. it. I kind of I kind of compare it to um, the song "Return of the Mac" from uh, from uh, Mark Morrison. Yeah, that is one song that Instant you can classic. never remix. Instant that classic. is a classic. Um, dude's Night Out anthem, basically. Yep. And I've heard people do covers on it or do like remakes of it. I'm just like, it's not the same. It's not, it's not the it's same. Not. So I can understand why people would have their gripe about, you know, remaking Space Jam. Like, just don't do it. Like, it was something that people didn't expect to blow, but it did. And it and it, it's actually one of those timeless sports movies, you know, as ridiculous as it may sound. So it's just like... And I get it, too. I get it. It's all the older generation who really don't want yeah. the Space Jam to be remade. Mm -hmm. But then if it's the older generation who doesn't want it to be remade and the new generation doesn't really know about Space Jam, then why are we, re why are we remaking it? Exactly. Why? I, I'm almost curious... I almost want this remake it because I'm kind of curious to see what's going to. Well, then don't it put into. it in theaters and don't call it Space Jam. <laughs> call it like, call it like Mars, <laughs> Mars Bar or something like that. <laughs> Mars Dunk. My guy, call it Mars. Yo, Dunk. my guy said Mars Bar, man. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, what do you guys think? Should it be made? Should it be called Mars Bar? <laughs> Let me know on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. And final topic of trip talk, going back to hip hop now, uh, we got to talk about this little mini rift, I guess you could say, between Hove and Yeezy, a.k.a. Jay-Z, Kanye West. So basically, Kanye was doing his whole rant thing as usual, houseway, houseway, you ain't got the answers. But this time... I'm almost on his side about this, ironically enough. So basically, he went on a rant, and he was basically discussing how um, this whole thing between him and Jay-Z about how if there's ever going to be a Watch the Throne sequel uh, won't be happening anytime soon because of politics. Particularly, it had to deal with Drake's uh, record pop style. So this is what he said to the crowd um, midway through his performance at uh, Key Arena in Seattle. He said, let me tell you all something. There will never be a Watch the Throne 2. You know why? Because that's the reason why I wasn't on the song Pop Style. I wasn't on the song because of Hove, because of some title slash Apple BS. This ish get me tight every time I perform this mother effer. And then he went on to say, Jay thought of a couple lines. I said, man, just go ahead and throw that on there. They'll be so surprised. He probably wouldn't expect you to be on there. And Drake was like, oh, shit. Uh, the throne is on the sh Then Jay thought about it, and out of respect for Meek Mill, 
he ain't want to be on that track. And I said, look, I'll call Drake, I'll call Meek, I'll call y'all. We got to let the people have the song. But then it went out of that territory and went into some title-ish, some political-ish, some ish about percentages on songs. I can't take this ish, bro. Our kids ain't never even played together. Run that ish. <laughs> so, um, J- Justin, what do you think about this, man? <laughs> I love Kanye and I love Jay-Z. Okay. I want to watch a throne, too. Okay. So, I'm going to have to disagree. I think you squash all that. I mean, Jay-Z was one of the guys who brought you into the game. Mm-hmm. Yeezy. So, you got to... You got to pay respect where respect is due. Mm-hmm. Hov's like your big brother. Mm-hmm. If he says something doesn't go, it doesn't go. Mm-hmm. I have older brothers. When they tell me something, but they say no, it's a no. Yeah. Just out of respect. And obviously, you guys are deeper than that. There's more There's more blood be- behind everything. Yeah. So I believe that you guys should squash this. Let's get the watch thrown too. Yeah. Make some more money. Mm-hmm. Everybody's happy. Exactly. And I'm a little surprised to hear that uh, from Kanye saying that Jay-Z wasn't down because of those political connections, so to speak. Because Jay-Z has had issues with other rappers, but he's never blocked someone from saying, yo, don't do that track with him because I got exactly. issues. Exactly. So I'm a little shocked to hear that. Like, for example, Beanie Siegel did a single with R. Kelly right after the whole, you know, R. Kelly, Jay-Z tour kind of went awry. Um uh, Kanye West has produced songs for Nas when they were having their issues with exactly. that. So I'm just like, you're pulling this kind of move right now, Jay? Like, is it that serious? So it's it's a little weird. But then again, you also heard about the rumors about, you know, Jay-Z telling Meek Mill to go at Drake back when their whole beat started about a year ago or so. You kind of heard the rumors about, yo, like, Go at go at uh, Drake because he did this or he's not doing but that. But we got to remember, Jay Z. He's one of the. He, he's a competitor, right? He is. Yeah. So maybe it's just his competitive nature. It's a rap battle. It's a rap beef. Nothing really is really gonna happen. Yeah. We're not asking you to fight. We're asking you guys to make good music. Exactly. Talking about each other. That's all it is. The exactly. fans want to hear it. It's gonna put more publicity on you. Yeah. More publicity on the other guy, and everybody's gonna eat off of it. Yeah. So why not? Let the best man win. Exactly. And it almost sounds a little petty on Jay's part as well. And that's a word that I don't normally associate with Jay. But, like, <laughs> it kind of sounds a little petty right now, man. Because you wouldn't expect that type of behavior from Jay. And if anything, it's just going to boost up sales on, on both ends. Yep. Maybe for Make Mill, maybe for, for Drake as well. But people wouldn't even automatically associate that with Meek Mill anyway. And plus, he already, he already had his issue with Drake. It's pretty much done at this point. Like, yeah. I mean, Drake kind of rehashes it here and there or whatever. But it's done for the most part anyway. So, Meek's done. Meek's yeah. done. So why not just... Do the record like because I heard the I didn't hear the original one when Jay put like two lines on it because I figured if it's only two lines I'm hearing on the record I'm not even gonna listen to it anyway so it's just like like Kanye said and I'm actually agreeing with Kanye for the first time in years like put all that politics aside and do the track and let your kids play together for goodness sakes jeez <laughs> for sure <laughs> but anyways ladies and gents what do you guys think about that do you agree do you disagree. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Now, we are approaching the 930 mark, but as you already know, when we get to this mark and we're still not done the show, I call it the overtime edition of Cool Radio. And on that note, I think it's time to get old school real quick. So it's time for the the Flashback Friday track of the day. So uh, let's get old school real minute uh, for a minute, shall we? If I can find that drop over there. Flashback, there we go. <laughs> All right, yes. And as always, let me know what you want to hear for the Flashback Friday track of the day. Now, as you guys already know, ever since the show dropped, I've been on my Luke Cage-ish, all right? I strongly recommend anyone and everyone to watch the show. If you love hip-hop, go watch it. If you love action, go watch it. If you love sports, go watch it. If you like drama, go watch it. They should be paying me for this free promo. But anyways, I digress. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this song was featured on the Luke Cage series, and I feel like this is going to be my next workout anthem uh, because of Luke Cage. So thank you for that. And it's also one of my favorite records of all time to begin with anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about the RZA, the Jizza, the old dirty bastard, the entire crew, the Wu-Tang Clan, with their classic 1993 hit off of their debut album, 36 Chambers. This one is entitled Bring the Ruckus. So when we come back... We will bring the ruckus for our Wankster of the Week segment. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. 
Indeed, indeed. We are bringing the ruckus for another five or ten minutes or so. But nonetheless, welcome. Whoa, my mic almost hit me in the face. <laughs> welcome back to the show, people. It is your man, DM Cool. And you're now tuned into Cool Radio. I still got my man, Justin Alleman of Dream Chasers, Inc. in the building. And we are about to get into the segment that you all know and love. So with that being said, uh, here we go. <clears throat> Who has been entered into the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another edition of Wankster of the Week. So with that being said, let's get to that drop real quick. And it goes a little something like this. Now, this week's Wankster of the Week, this one kind of threw me for a curveball because... I had an original one planned, which I'm going to give to you right now. But before, but afterwards, um, I saw an article that was about Tristan Thompson saying how he got engaged to Khloe Kardashian. But I later found out moments after that those rumors were completely false. So, Tristan, you dodged a bullet. You almost <laughs> got that wankster. I was ready. I was like, no, Tristan, why? But nonetheless, the original Wankster will go as planned tonight. Uh, the Wankster of the Week, this one is no stranger to the Wankster Dome. She is a repeat offender of the Wankster Dome, and she is getting it once more. Uh, with that being said, the Wankster of the Week goes to, you know, uh, non-critically acclaimed rapper, uh, but critically acclaimed uh, trollamite, Azealia Banks. Now, she is getting the Wankster of the Week because she was causing a ruckus of her own at a hotel party that was hosted by actor Russell Crowe. Now, apparently it goes as followed. Basically, what happened, or what allegedly happened, was she got into an altercation with Russell Crowe because of the fact that she was acting belligerent at this function, basically. So... The story goes as follows. She had a little bit too much to drink, and then she was being very belligerent with other people at, at, the, at the party. She was getting very confrontational with multiple people at the party where Russell Crowe kind of stepped in and prevented anything from getting violent because she's acting very erratic. Now, she has her own take on the story, but I prefer to read the RZA's take on the story because the RZA is the one who invited her to this party. Because what happened initially was he basically invited her to become a part of some sort of new label situation that he is orchestrating and that he wanted to be one of the first artists to be a part of it. So the RZA basically stepped out and delivered a letter on Facebook, you know, kind of talking about what happened during the situation. So this is what the RZA said word for word, and I quote, Peace. Normally, I don't respond to negative social media attacks towards me. Yet, in this case of, of Azealia Banks, I'm compelled to respond to. Firstly, I only wish the best for her and any struggling artist in this complex industry. Azealia was brought to my attention while I was casting my next film, Coco. I heard the rumors of her problems in the industry but disregarded them with the rationality everyone is innocent until proven guilty. Fair enough. So my producer and I fought for her to be in the film, and we succeeded. During the filming process, things ran smooth, and she delivered. Thus, my only experience with her had been professional. The only brief social moment was at that rap party. Therefore, quote-unquote, I had no real experience of her social behavior. And he said that in caps. A few weeks ago, Azealia hit me up for some economic help, and then bong, I gave a helping hand. I love how he just had to throw in the bong, you know, perfect Wu style. I love it. Anyways, as I continue on, she then followed up asking me to help her get a record deal. I called a friend, and bong, a record deal was on the table. The only clause my buddy gave was I be the filter because the word is she is volatile. I called her and told her a deal was in the workings. She immediately, prematurely, went to social media and claimed that she signed a deal with RZA, yet no deal was signed. I didn't respond or comment to her post because I'm not the type to stop the hustle. I actually wanted her to win. I advised her to stay focused, leave social media and tabloids alone, and let your music and art do your talking, which is what we've been saying for years and years now. But anyways, let me continue on. <laughs> uh, so let's see. I returned to L.A. shortly. Sorry, hold on. Music, you're talking. Okay. She then hits me up for a ticket to L.A. to work and bong, I comply. She then needs a place to stay and bong, I put her in a hotel. I love how you keep saying bong. I love it. <laughs> I returned to L.A. shortly after and we scheduled a meeting. I invited her to meet at the BHH Polo Lounge. Yet I had, yet I 
heard also plan on spending uh, some time with my buddy RC in the suite. So I asked him, can she join? He says, cool, Bobby. So I invited her, Bobby Digital, in case you guys don't know. Um, before the night is over, Azealia is insulting half the room, and she becomes loud and obnoxious. There was nothing funny about her behavior. I felt a little embarrassed because she was my guest. Still, verbal abuse can be tolerated, but not when it goes physical. Azealia threatened to cut a girl in the face with a glass, then actually grabs a glass and physically attacks her for no logical reason. Russell blocked the attack and expelled her from the suite. Seeing is believing, and I saw her behavior as obnoxious, erratic individual, and in the circles I frequent that that this was unprecedented. I was totally puzzled by her and, and thought maybe meds or booze or something had her zoned out. Nevertheless, I made sure she got home safe. This is not race or a gender issue. I did not hear Russell call her the N-word because that's what she, he allegedly did, apparently. I'm not trying to protect Russell from anything. He is a man of his own caliber. My art, talent, and success speaks for itself, and Azalea's recent slander of me and self-victimization reflects the personality of the person that was in that room that night. I have a wife, daughters, sisters, and females on my staff, so I protect women every day. I pray none of them ever behave the way I witnessed Azalea Banks behave that night. RZA. So that's coming straight from RZA. And when I hear something like that from RZA, I believe him because the RZA is not the type of person or artist in general to feed into controversy. He doesn't want that. Even something as little as uh, you guy kind of confronting him on a radio interview, he did it that quickly because he doesn't like controversy. He's all about business. So when he writes you know, a statement like that on Facebook or on social media in general, I believe him because his word is bond, basically. So when he's talking about all this behavior that Azealia Banks has done, I believe him because we have discussed on the show time and time again all these recent acts of trolling and just belligerent behavior that she's gone to in the first place. Slandering uh, Iggy Azalea, slandering T.I., slandering Kendrick Lamar, slandering Lupe Fiasco, so many people. And then her recent escapades of, of talking about why she doesn't date black men anymore and how you know white men are the devil, yes, she posed on Playboy for whatever reason. And then her even going as far as bleaching her skin. So this is somebody who I find needs help. She needs help. Like at this point in time, me giving her the wankster is hyperbole. Basically, it's just it's just run of the mill, everyday type of behavior that she gets herself into. And I really don't have anything much to say about her that I haven't already said. But at this point, this woman needs help. She needs Jesus. She needs Vicodin. She needs something that's gonna get her mind right. And if she really wants people to focus on her, then she needs to do that through her music. Her music isn't actually that bad. Some of her songs I've listened to, they're actually decent. Like, she has potential. But her problem, and the problem with a lot of people in general in this day and age, is that they want to get fame and attention any way possible rather than doing it through an art or a craft or a skill set of some sort. They rely to coonery and antics and buffoonery and anything in between just so they can get a like, a mention, a retweet, or a view. And that is where Iggy, or sorry, that is where Azealia Banks now lies. And that's where she's lied in for the last number of years. And she's just digging her hole deeper and deeper and deeper. Because at this point, me personally, I don't know what burns quicker. Her bridges with people or a fire in California. You tell me. But nonetheless, she's getting the wankster of the week. Does she deserve it? Of course she does. And I'm going to drop that wankster on her one more time just like this. 50, give me some. Justin, your thoughts, man. Ah, so much information. <laughs> right? So much nonsense. So much, I can't even say disbelief. Mm -hmm. Again, first of all, let's just retire her from this whole wankster thing because you could go on week after week really nominating could. her for this. Whether she wins or not, it's a toss-up. Yeah. I think this is We're sick of hearing her name on here. We're yeah. sick of it. Yeah. I am. So, I mean... <laughs> Like you said, mm -hmm. Riz is a guy who we know who's been all business, yes. right? He's always he's not he's not one of the guys who are out in public, putting his name out there and portraying himself in a different in a, in a way that we don't uh, we don't agree with or we don't give him credit for. So mm -hmm. for him to come out and say something like this, where he's not a really outspoken person and coming out and usually saying these things is it's obvious for a reason. This mm -hmm. woman is a nutcase. Mm -hmm. She obviously did the things that he's saying. Mm -hmm. Um, she's has a, she has a long history of doing these things into multiple people. Yep. 
she needs to be stopped. Yeah. Someone has got to stop her. Yes. Whether it's prison or, like you said, Jesus or some sort of yes. help, someone has got to do something. Yes. And if these wankster nominations don't work, then... <laughs> My God, I don't know where to. I don't know where to put it. Listen, Batman needs to come over from Gotham to wherever she's at and lock her up in Arkham Asylum. That's what needs to happen, <laughs> man. That is what needs to she happen. She might find someone in there who she can work with. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know, but she's got to be stopped. Indeed, it, it, it's been. This is outrageous now. Indeed, one of the words for Riza. Bong bong. <laughs> but on that note, uh, before we close out the show. Um, Justin, do you have any more plans for uh, Dream Chasers? Like, what do you have coming up for that? Usually, I'm a man like Riza. I like to keep myself on the low, but okay. I am on a radio show. People might want to hear this stuff. So, we actually do got a lot of plans coming up in the near future. Okay. Um, a lot more travel. Yes. Possibly to the Caribbeans. Okay. I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no. I'm just going to leave that out. There's a thought. I'm okay. trying to expand my, my network, and I feel like. You know, I've been giving back to a whole lot of people, and I'm Caribbean myself, Jamaican background. My mm. parents are both Jamaican. Jam Rock. Bullet. <laughs> and that's somewhere that I feel like I want to give back to. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't discriminate. I don't only want to give back to Jamaicans. I want to give back to the entire Caribbean islands. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, I'll be still traveling to the United States. That's in my second home. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of stuff going on over there, a lot of people that I work with. Mm-hmm. Um uh, yeah, and overseas, it's a lot of big movements. And definitely, definitely, definitely here in the GTA, we got entire new roster and lineup of different things that we're going to be throwing at you guys in the summertime. You got to stay tuned mm-hmm. for each and everything that I'm going. If you guys are a hooper, a baller, you play basketball, you got kids that do, your mm-hmm. aunts, uncles, whoever it is, get in contact with me, guys. Mm-hmm. Get in contact and let's do something. Because if you guys got a dream and you actually want to make it, mm-hmm. I'm here to help you. All right, man. On that note, we got to thank you for coming through, my friend. Uh, you can thank come you. anytime you want. Just hit me up and we will make it happen, man. For sure, for we'll sure. We'll talk hoops and all that good stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, as you already know, you can contact me at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio on Twitter. And follow us on SoundCloud where you can catch all the full audio podcasts. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube where you can catch the video clips. And make sure you give us a like on our fan page on Facebook at Cool Radio. So remember, Twitter... SoundCloud and YouTube is all cool underscore radio. Facebook is just cool dash radio, basically. And as you already know, cool radio is another division of cool click media and entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.